do most people have that pivotal moment or do you think that you know uh most of them are you know still kind of stuck in their comfort zone and that's why they they have trouble like pulling the trigger yeah you know here's the thing that i've realized over the years is what really holds people back from actually making big decisions is fear it's always fear fear of the unknown fear of where things may go fear of, of failure and and that's what holds people back listen i i still encounter it from time to time I, I think what happens though is when you lean into taking action and you become more comfortable with realizing and understanding that you are going to make mistakes i am now more comfortable with making mistakes Hey, fellow savvy real estate investors, we have Gary Hibbert on the show today. Really excited to speak with Gary. Gary is a podcast host on his own. Um, definitely a great podcast to check out. Uh, we'll link it in the bio after. Uh, he is been in the industry for a long time, which is exactly why we want to have this conversation today. Somebody who's sort of ridden the waves over like the last decade or more, been in the real estate investing space. So Gary is a real estate investor himself. He uh, owns a real estate brokerage. He is an investor-focused realtor that really helps investors understand smart investing decisions. And you know, there's a lot going on right now with everything, with interest rate changes, with uh, prices of real estate changing, um, and you know, really wanting to speak with Gary and ask him some questions about debunking all this and understanding really what the risk is in the market right now. And, and how to really be a savvy real estate investor. Um, so we'll get into a little bit of that. I think that Gary offers a wealth of knowledge. Um, he's been around for a long time, super authentic guy. Uh, you can, uh, you know, like I said, hear him on his podcast and catch him online, but um, I'll let Gary tell you more about himself. So without further ado, I'll uh, introduce Gary Hibbert. Gary, thanks for being on the show. Well, listen, thank you very much for that warm welcome. Um, and, uh, you know, listen, th these are very interesting times. And, and I think it'd be great to have a uh, unscripted conversation to kind of share uh, in real time, you know, maybe some things that people can do uh, to, to, to navigate these, these waters, right? Like, you know, it's, uh, it, it's, it's interesting. So let's, I think, kind of jump into it. Yeah, for sure. for sure. So maybe you can just start out by telling our listeners a little bit about Gary, like uh, what's your background, how long you've been investing in real estate, what led you into real estate investing, um, sort of where you came from before that? Good question. So what got me into real estate investing? Uh, I used to work at TD Bank uh, in, in IT. Um, I started there back in 1997. And then in 2008 is when the US crash uh, started happening. And, and in if you remember too, in Canada, like it, it didn't happen here. Um, it was more of a sideways trend. However, what did end up moving up into Canada was, uh, was unemployment, right? So that was starting to creep in. Uh, and I remember going into work one day, sitting in my cubicle, minding my own business. And the manager calls one of my uh, coworkers into the office. He comes out and you can see it on his face. And I'm like, oh my God, he just got let go. And so all day long, they just kept calling people into the office. And I was like, man, I really need this job. Like I just bought at the time, I thought my dream home with my wife and got two young kids. 
And uh, at the end of the day, he comes out and he goes, okay, whoever's left, you guys are safe. And I was like, man, driving home. I was like, I never, ever want to feel like somebody is in control of my financial freedom or future. Um, and so what ended up happening was I was trying a whole bunch of different things. Like, okay, so how do I, how do I get out of this rat race? How do I create more money? Because really what was happening, there was more month than money. You know, we, we had overdraft. We're always in the red. Uh, and while I was doing different things, getting to Forex trading, getting to the commodity trading, stock markets, um, of course, I was losing money because I didn't know what I was doing. <laughs> right. So I go into the bank, sit down with my financial advisor, and I'm like, look, I got to take all my debt and put it into my mortgage. And this is the third time I'm doing this. And uh, she leaves the office to go and print the paperwork. I'm sitting there by myself. I look up on the wall. I see the index chart. And I take a look and I, I, I clue, kind of zone in on like, you know, it shows you what um, uh, stock markets are doing. It shows you what interest rates are doing. And I saw inflation. I'm like, interesting. Inflation over the last 50 years is anywhere between 2% to ha- as high as 18, 19%. So if you average it out, you know, give or take four or 5% a year. And then I did a quick math on my income and I'd gotten a raise at work the previous year for a thousand dollars which is pretty good. It's not bad. But when I did the calculation based on my income at that time, it worked out to like 1.3 or 1.4%. And I'm like, "Ah, I get it. I can't outpace inflation by having a job. Just that simple calculation completely changed my whole entire life. And I'm like, if this home bailed me out three times, because the third time I was doing it, what if I had just one more property? And then that was what started my journey into real estate investing in 2008. And I, I never really kind of looked back. Really, really interesting. And a lot of people we talk to, they they also have this pivotal moment where something either in, in their personal life changed. Like we were having a conversation with another podcast guest, and uh, you know their their kid went through a uh, health problems, and that was a pivotal moment where they just couldn't take time off work because there wasn't any time left. And mm-hmm. so it's very interesting to find that same. There's got to be this pivotal moment where you realize that, hey, you know what, this path I'm on is not, is not going to change. Yeah. Um, you and know. you know what? And you can use like raw motion to, to and use it as fuel. Yes. Uh, you know, like I remember when I was at TD and I was at the water cooler and I remember just asking people, and even at my cubicle, like, how do we get out of here? Like, how do we escape this rat race? And I remember saying one time, like, man, I can't wait till I'm 65 years old. And I'm like, what? What? No, this can't be my life. Yeah. And so that was at the time, it was like disgust. I I was disgusted with where I was. It wasn't like I had a terrible job. It was just I was behind in all all my dreams and all my goals. And so then I used that as fuel. To, to, to do whatever it was to, and, and change my mindset, change my trajectory and, and, and really take control of my life. Yeah. You know, I, that's why I find a lot of people that have, you know, they're stuck in this comfort zone, right? Where they may have a six figure job, you know, they have a, they have a house, a nice car. Um, there, isn't, there isn't a pain point to move them towards doing something else. You know, and, and and from your experience, like you deal with a lot of investors, do most people have that pivotal moment, or do you think that you know, 
uh, most of them are, you know, still kind of stuck in their comfort zone, and that's why they they have trouble like pulling the trigger. Yeah, you know, here's the thing that I've realized over the years is what really holds people back from actually making big decisions is fear. It's always fear, fear of the unknown, fear of where things may go, fear of, of failure. And, and that's what holds people back. Listen, I, I still encounter it from time to time. I, I think what happens, though, is when you lean into taking action and you become more comfortable with realizing and understanding that you are going to make mistakes, I am now more comfortable with making mistakes because I've made way more mistakes that I've had success, but the success that I've had um, have been bigger, if that makes sense, than the failures, right? Because I keep trying new things. I'm always throwing things at the dartboard. And so you throw a hundred things at the dartboard and two two of them stick, they can be really big and that can wipe out all the failures that you've had. And I think that is where people have a difficult time. Right. And, and, and just like anything else, it's, you know, like like mindset is important because mindset is also as a muscle. And so all these things that you're doing, like, it's just like saying if you're working out in the gym, it, it's all muscles. And so the more you do it, the, 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 the stronger you get in, in all aspects of life. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So let's go back a little bit um, to your story and, you know, you, you, you were exhausted at work. You, you needed a change. You wanted something more for yourself. So people who are in a similar position or think that they want to get into real estate. Sometimes the barrier is that real estate has so many different parts to it, right? Like I remember back in the day, the word real estate investor didn't even exist. Like when I was, you know, a lot of people will say this, like someone told you, Oh, I'm a, I'm a real estate investor. Like nobody knows what that means. Right. Like a a full-time real estate investor, like what do you do? Um, And so real estate investing is sort of, it can be, uh, wealth creation and it can be income generating. So talk to us about, how, I mean, you've done a really good job of balancing that with the various things you do. So talk to us a little bit about how you navigated that and how you sort of entered into a space where you were doing both things. So like, you know, you've, you've got your brokerage and your, 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 your active business. And then you've also got sort of your wealth generation and your, and, 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 and perhaps maybe talk to us a little bit about why that's important because a lot of people will come, I'm sure you get this conversation where like, Oh, how many properties do I need to buy so I can leave my job or, you know, uh, how do I invest so that I don't have to go to work? And I think that that's kind of a challenging thing to achieve, especially at the get go. Right. It is, it is. And I think a lot of times people think that, okay, if I buy 20 homes or 50 homes or whatever that number is, well, then I can live off the cash flow. Yeah. And it's not just as simple as that because we'll look at the environment that we're in today. And if you're not in the right product, that cash flow, cash flow can disappear, disappear very quickly. So I think the, the best way to do it, and at least this is the way that I've doing, done it, and I've seen people do it as well too, is first you start off in, in, in buying your first investment property. And that's going to create some income if you buy, obviously, correctly. Okay. And, and maybe you get to that second one. But I think you have to realize, and I think people forget this, is that this is not a get rich quick. Okay. If you play it correctly, it's a get rich for sure, but it's not a get rich quick. The problem is, I think in the last couple of years, people think that it's a get rich quick and it still is not, right? You can see how quickly that can get wiped out. 
So then now you start buying these properties and really this moves into like the different quadrants, right? So you, you're, you have your, 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 your um, employee role where you're working at your job. Then you can move into the investor role, which is on the right side of that Robert Kiyosaki quadrant, which is what I'm talking about. And then after that, we then started Smart Home Choice which was a real estate investment company. And the interesting thing is when we started it, I didn't know much about real estate investing, but I was like, hey, look, I'm gonna teach and share people, share with people what I'm learning, but also in real time. And that's really what it was all about. Like in real time, here's what I'm doing. So then now I got into the self um, employment side of it. So now I'm still trading time um, for money. But really, then when you get into that wealth building is when you can start building a business. And so then that is when I also then got into um, uh, our neighborhood realty. And so now I'm leveraging other people's time. And and now I've also bought into a system. And so that, that kind of, you know, gives a high level overview of the different quadrants, but also where you should be focusing your your energy and and the difference between income property owning a business um and 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 also um being self-employed yeah very well yeah i think that's a that's a really good distinction and you know the people who are living off real estate it's typically because they are business owners or entrepreneurs within the real estate space so they've found a way to generate consistent active income through real estate related activities, right? So whether it be a brokerage or whether it be, you know, you're a wholesaler or you're a, you know, you've got a project management company or whatever it is in the real estate space, you're still building out a business or, or maybe not, maybe you're just self-employed within that industry and, and you're actually generating income. And then the more income that you're generating, you're hopefully funneling, funneling that back into your investments and building your long-term wealth. And, you know, it can be cash flowing. Like, no, obviously it should be cash flowing to some degree, but you're hundred percent right. Like it is really hard to consistently live off your real estate income. Um, and you know, what I find too, is in Ontario, like with our weather, the fact that a lot of our properties are old, there's just a lot of unexpected wear and tear and expenses as time goes on, on some of these properties. So as much as you're, spreadsheet numbers show what your maintenance and what your turnaround and, you know, all these things are, uh, it's, it, it can fluctuate drastically, right? It can. And here's the other thing as well, too, is that once you move into this entrepreneurial world, and, and, and I know that you guys know this as well, too, is that you start to look at things differently and you start to realize how you can make income from different areas that you're not just, you're not pigeonholed into one thing. And the one thing you'll realize, and, and I know you guys are great at this too, is always being able to pivot and adapt. Like you guys have moved down into the US, you pivot and adapt. And when I take a look at all the newsletters I've ever written and take a look at all the changes that's ever happened over the course of me being an entrepreneur and being in this world, is that every year there's a major change happening there's a major change happening. There's a major shift happening. Real estate investing is never going to be the same. It's never going to be the every year it's been like yeah. that. Some have been bigger than others. But what I've learned now and seen is, oh, it's just always pivoting and adapting. It's, it's pivot and adapt. And the quicker you can pivot without complaining, the easier and the faster you're going to be able to implement and deploy strategies that are going to work. 
Yeah. And that's all you got to do. So even in this environment that we're in, pivot and adapt quickly, don't complain, and then deploy a strategy. Um, you know, it's, it's, um, it's fascinating that you say that because when, when I first got into real estate, I used to do a little bit more like, you know, I used to have some online businesses and, you know, I used to do online marketing and I kind of started hating that space because I'm like, this, this space is just moving so quickly. I have to adapt and pivot so much that I'm, I was getting frustrated because I'm like, you know, there's always so much more things to learn or uh, this is how to you to run ads or, or you know, you got to keep optimizing things in order for you to get traffic to your website. And now we're, we're almost feeling like in the brick and mortar business, in the real estate business, we have to adapt as well very quickly and, and a lot more than we used to, you know, 10 years ago. Yeah. And, and here's the other thing as well, too, is very interesting is like, you know, I, I talk to so many different people now about where the interest rates are. And, and uh, a few of them have mentioned and said, man, I can't wait for interest rates to go back to normal. Well, hold on a second. Take a look at the last 80 years. We are now at normal rates. These are normal rates. The, the, the last 10 years, those, those were not normal rates. Yeah. Right. Yeah, so, uh, look, it, we may go back there again. I'm not saying that we're not going to, but, you know, we, I think everybody should have been running their numbers at that, at, at the rates that we're at today. Yeah, right? I know. And it's so interesting because when we do our, when Jose, like he under, we underwrite their deals in the United States, like there is a very aggressive underwriting process and they stress test the deal at like some crazy rates, right? Because that's what we, that's what, that's what the underwriting process looks like. But I feel like over here, a lot of investors, like it's, it's just, there's just hope for the best. No, expect the worst, like just hope for the best. Like, let's just shoot. Like, let's just go like appreciations going like they see. And, you know, a lot of people are talking about these economic fundamentals, right? Like, oh, there's this many immigrants coming. There's no land. We're going to keep, everything's going to keep rising. Everything's going to keep rising. We were hearing that for the last I don't know. Ever since we've been an investor, that's been the sentiment, right? It's always been super rosy. Everything is going to be great no matter what. Like all you got to do is get in the market. All you got to do is buy something. All you got to do is rent it out, you know? So now I think that we're for the first time in a long time, uh, we're facing some challenging times. And if you just buy it and rent it out, it's not good enough. It's not. You, you right. can't just buy it and rent it. I out. mean, the what? Yeah, and those are short term. I mean, obviously, long term. These, uh, the supply issues still exist. Yes. But we know, we know for the next, could be one to two years. We're in for you know some harder times than uh, most people anticipated. Uh, what are your thoughts on you know what's going on and and how investors can what can they do in these challenging times? Yeah, it's, it's, it's a good question. It really is. So here's what, here's my advice. And, and I'm not going to tell anybody to go variable and I'm not going to tell anybody to go fix this. This is a personal decision. Um, here is what you need to do right now. If you haven't done it already and, 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 I, and anybody that's in real estate investing should have been doing this months ago, but if you haven't, no problem. Do it now. So as soon as you hear me talk about this, do it now. Take a look at your income. What is your income for your personal residence? And what is the meaning, you know, the household income coming in? And what is the income for your investment property? Okay. Number two, what is the expenses for your personal residence? And what are the expenses for your investment property? Number three, what are your savings for your 
for your home, what type of savings for you, you know, to have a rainy day, you should have a savings account for that. And then also, what is your reserve fund for those for your investment property? Okay, once you determine that, then you're going to want to obviously know what your rate is. So whether it's a fixed or a variable. Now, if you're in a variable, here is what you need to do. What is your red line? Where is enough enough? When do you feel that you should then now lock in? And it's no different if you're in the stock market. Everybody has what the stop loss. So you should have that as well, too, in, in real estate. When is enough enough? Because, you know, fine. Let's say if you locked in at five and a half, let's say that's what you decide to do, right? Because you're like, okay, you know what? I don't want to do this anymore. So then now the question is, okay, you locked in for five and a half. Let's say now rates come back down to four and a half and they sit there for, for years. Who knows? I don't know where it's going to go. Okay, you didn't hit that mark, but what if, what if rates go to 8%? See, a lot of people aren't having that conversation because they just don't believe it can go there. But what if it does? So then now that's a conversation that you have to sit down and have with yourself, with your spouse, with your partners, to just have that conversation and to see what your comfort level is. Because here is where it ends. What allows you to sleep at night? That's it, right? If you're tossing and turning because you're in a variable, well, then you're probably in the wrong product. And that was something that I heard back when I first started. Hey, what should I do? Should I do a variable or fixed? Gary, what allows you to sleep at night? Yeah. And those are things, those, these are tough conversations now that people have to have. And I think people are scared to have it. I know there are investors right now that are underwater. And so the question is, how long do you want to stay there? And can you survive? And, th- and so that little exercise that I just walked through will, al- will allow you to figure that out. Yeah, yeah. Great point. no, I think that's really good advice. And, you know, <laughs> Jose and I were watching this Patrick Bed David video a couple of days ago, and mm. he actually mentioned that, you know, people are afraid to face the facts. People are afraid to face their own numbers. They don't want to look at their own numbers because they don't want to have to deal with it. But the reality is you have to deal with it. You have to sit down and do those tough things, make those decisions, look at those numbers really carefully. And you'd be surprised how many people have no idea about half of these numbers. They don't know how much their monthly spendings are. They don't know how much their reserves are. They don't, because it's, it's, a, it's hard, right? It's hard to sit down and really look at those numbers and, and, and really face what the balance sheet says and then For make sure. those hard decisions. Especially since we, you know, we had like a kind of a 10 year bull run in, yeah. with everything, right? Real estate, stock market. So a lot of people haven't seen hard times yet, you know? Right. So they, they didn't consider like that was a worthwhile exercise, you know, they thought everything's going to work out because it always has in the last few years. But I think we're, at least we're, we're always prepared, you know, want to prepare for the worst. It may not be as bad as, we think it is, but you yeah, know. Jose's a definitely prepare for the worst kind of guy. Um, yeah. Always and, and, like, and, let's prepare in case, you know, let's just build our bunker now. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's good to have, you know, um, to look at both sides and look at, hey, look, you know, it's good to get in, take that action. But it's also good to take a step back and take a look at where you are right now, you know. And, and you're right that a lot of people aren't taking a look at these numbers carefully. And especially when you're growing a portfolio and you're growing it fast and you're growing it in this environment and you've got four, five, six properties on the go and you're renovating and you got private 
funds and you got promissory notes. This thing can fall apart real fast on people. Yep. And the unfortunate part is that, you know, some of these things are going to happen in real time on, on social media. And so I, I, I advise everybody that's listening to just sit down, take a look at your numbers and make sure you're comfortable with where you are now and where things may potentially go. Yeah, for sure. And I don't know, maybe we can talk a little bit about social media. I mean, social media has been a big influencer for a lot of people. And, you know, we we just talked about like one of the things, you know, with Gary, Gary's been around for a long time. He's a real deal. But there's a lot of these people on social media who've literally been investing for like two years, for three years, four years. Mm -hmm. It's like, you know, I'm the guru. I've, I've had, a, I've had nothing but success in this space. Like I'll show you how to do it. Um, you know, what are, what are your thoughts on that? Because the thing is, it's really hard to know what's real and what's not online. Um, especially when you're watching all these things, everybody's showing their highlights, not as many of their lowlights. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, you know, one of the things that I always advise anybody that if they're getting into real estate investing and they're looking for a coach, or they're looking for a mentor, you, you want somebody that's been around that, uh, that's been around for, um, you know, a number of years. Like they've, they've seen things in 2008. They've seen things that's happened in 2017, at, at least like some ups and downs. And, and we've, and you know, th that's important. Um, I'm not discrediting anybody that, that calls himself a coach um, or a mentor that's been in the game for the last three or four years. I know there's, there are some good ones out there, um, but you want to be around people that, have navigated difficult times and also have made mistakes. I've made many mistakes and I'm, and I know even during this time in the next, like over the next year, two years, I am going to make some missteps as well too. I am not perfect. Um, uh, and, and I'm the first one to say that. However, I like to pivot quick and pivot fast and understand that I made a mistake, share it and keep going forward. Yeah. And that's what you want. You don't want people to hide from their mistakes either. Right, for sure. Yeah, I mean, maybe tell us a little bit more about, uh, you know, the couple of the few few mistakes that you've recently made, uh, perhaps, and what other people can learn from them. Um, what's the mistake that I've recently made? Um, well, not locking in sooner. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. That that's a that's one uh for sure. You know, I I wish I had locked in back in Jan and Feb. I uh I I I I here's what happened. Here's what happened is sometimes you believe that you know a lot because of the space that you're in. And yeah. sometimes you overanalyze because I'm, I was always saying, hey, look, you know, take a look at history. Look at what happened in World War II. Look at what happened during Richard Nixon time. You know, taking a look at sovereign debt and private debt and trying to analyze that and then saying, OK, this is what happened then. This is what's happening now. And uh, and, and the thing is, is that, yes, even though history repeats, uh, sometimes it doesn't repeat. Sometimes it rhymes. But sometimes you can also read it incorrectly. And so you do have to be careful there. And, and sometimes you got to be able to push your ego aside, push your ego aside, and then really kind of take a step back and say, okay, well, where, where am I now comfortable? So I, I would say that's probably one of the ones that I, I, I misstepped on. I, I really do wish yeah. that I'd locked it. I know that it doesn't give me the flexibility. Um, however, 
this is a long-term game. 100%. And so you got to look at where is it going to be 10 years from now and, 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 and then be able to make a decision based on that and then make hard decisions if you have to. Even though you made a mistake, it doesn't mean that you have to sit in it. You can still pivot. And I yeah. think that is where some people are going to make mistakes is where their egos may, may, may be getting in the way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And for sure, you're, you're absolutely right about the long-term mindset, especially in, in business, in real estate, investing. You got to have that long-term mindset because, mm-hmm. you know, we're, we're all going to go through temporary hardships, but long-term, you know, we know that we're buying good properties in good areas. That's still going to continue to do well. Yeah. yeah. And, the, and and listen, and here's the other thing as well, too. I'm actually, I'm excited to see what's going to happen. I really am. Here's why. I, like, I don't want anybody to go through pain. I don't want anybody to go through hardship. Unfortunately, that is going to happen during these times. Listen, people go through that even during good times because of bad mistakes that they make. But but more importantly, I, I'm, I'm, I know I'm going to get new skill sets from this. Yeah. I know I'm going to learn new things from this. Uh, because the, there are things that are probably going to happen that we've never seen before. And so then here is the best way to navigate through this is having the right team around you. You got to remember, this is, this is a journey. Having good uh, mortgage team around you, lawyers, accountants, being able to bounce ideas off of different people. Like what you guys are doing with this podcast is awesome because you're, you're sharing information. You're sitting down with um, experts uh, in, in the industry to say, hey, what do you think or what are your ideas? And then it's allowing you also to now um, have some of the things that your guests may challenge your core beliefs on and say, hmm, that's a good idea. Never looked at it or thought about it that way. That is the thing about podcasts that it, it, it allows you to learn so much more, but also make you realize how little you know. At least that's what I've realized doing yeah. the podcast. Because you know? I thought I was like, okay, I know enough now. I can start teaching people wrong. <laughs> the podcast has taught me way more than I've ever taught. Uh, I, at least I, I think that I've taught other absolutely. people, you know, it's yeah. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. So maybe tell us a little bit about like, what, what, what are you working on right now? Like, are you, st- are you still in acquisition mode? Are you in hold mode? Um, what do you spend most of your time on right now? And, and sort of what is, what does a day look like for you? Yeah, great question. So, um, so I am still in acquisition mode. Not much though. Not so much here. I've, I've actually moved some money out of Canada. So we picked up a property down in Mexico. Um, we're doing more private lending. So we, we've we've become the bank. Um, and part of the reason was, you know, my portfolio. I'm, I'm happy with where it is. Um, and so passive investing allows me to now focus more on which I, which I love is more on the education side. Um, it, it allows me to sharpen my skills more, you know, learn, do teach, um, which is what I enjoy doing. Also helping my partners grow the brokerage, um, where we've now, um, co-mingled smart home choice in our neighborhood realty to teach real estate agents, um, how to be good real estate agent investors as well too. Um, and then we also do coaching. Um, so that's really where I'm kind of focusing more of my time on right now. So not so much acquisition personally, but but helping others uh, acquire properties for themselves. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so and I, my, like and my I love, days. I love uh, that you bought something in Mexico because 
you know, every time I I I see your 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 very lifestyle focused investor, right? And um, yeah, I know you value that deeply, which everyone should too. I mean, we probably need to do more more of that. <laughs> you, you know what ends up happening is this: is you get so caught up in your day-to-day activity and being an entrepreneur that you forget why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or, or so you forget why you're doing, why you're doing it. Right. And it, and it's for freedom, right. It's, it's for freedom is to be able to do what you want to do when you do it. And sometimes you can get so wrapped up in it that all of a sudden now you've got 12, 14 hour days. I, I get caught up in that from time to time. And I think that's one of the reasons why I implemented the, um, the mini, the mini retirements, you know, taking two months off in July and August, where I really shut my businesses down um, uh, on both, on, on all fronts almost. Like I maybe do maybe four hours a week. Uh, and then in the wintertime, I, I shut it down again in December and January. And you know, the interesting thing too, is that the investors that we work with see that and understand that they don't, I've never had any complaints about it. Um, and it's, I think it's because I'm trying to show them that I would love for you to have that type of lifestyle too. Yeah. Right. Like it, it doesn't ha- you don't always have to be busy. You don't always have to be grinding. And, and I think part of that is because I lost my mom at a young age. I lost my mother-in-law at a young age. I lost my younger sister at a young age. So I've seen death up very close and personal. And when you see that, you realize that this is not forever. And so you, you, you better start enjoying the journey and having fun with this. You know, and, and and I think that's what what this is all about. Why are we doing what we're doing? To have yeah. fun, to enjoy it, and then also to grow. Like I, I it's not like I don't want to grow either. I love growing. I love yeah. trying to be a better version of the person that I was yesterday. But those breaks allow me to now really and truly reflect on where I am and where am I going and am I in the right direction? And then being able to pivot and adapt. And, and do things that change my community um, and allow me to have happiness with, with friends and family around me. Yeah, no, that's, that's awesome, yeah, Gary. Amazing. So well said. Yeah. Um, and you know what? I, I think that really resonates deeply with us. As we talked about selfishly, this podcast does so much for us. Um, because we struggle with that. That is one of our biggest struggles is, um, you know, consistently feeling like we have to push ourselves harder. And, you know, it, it, it actually gets to a point sometimes where it almost demotivates you because you're not rewarding yourself in any way. Like you're constantly grinding and grinding and you're like setting these crazy goals and then you get to that goal and then you just set a higher goal and then you keep grinding again. Right. It's not like you're actually enjoying the fruits of your labor and Hey, like, you know, exactly what you said, like my parents, they retired when they were just like just under 60. So they retired at a good age, good age, uh, like, you know, 59, 58, 59. And they've been enjoying themselves. But my parents will be the first ones to tell me now that, hey, like you got to do it now because we don't have the energy to do what we we want to do anymore. Like they're they're in their mid 60s now and they're they they get tired, right? Like yeah. romping around Europe or, you know, like they, they just they're like, you're in your 30s. Like you do this now. Like you if you can do this, you do this now. Don't don't wait for. And, and we got we get caught up in the same thing, thinking like Jose and I like, oh, when we're 40 or when we're 50, like, we'll we'll take more time or, you know, we'll, we'll, but it's, 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 it's not mentally. I, 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 I admire that. I think that it's something that a lot of investors really struggle with. 
Yeah, they do, right? And the other thing is as well, too, is that that break allows you to to give yourself clarity. Yes. Clarity to stop the noise. And then, and then you also have breakthroughs. The, the amount of breakthroughs I've had during those times off is incredible. Yeah. Here's the other thing. At the end of the two months, I literally, I can't drink anymore. I can't party anymore. Yeah. I'm <laughs> done hosting at the cottage. I'm done going on boat rides and looking at sunsets. I'm done. Yeah. <laughs> I, I now need, system. Ah, I need purpose again. Yeah. And, and, and so then now you never have to worry about retiring. Because if I'm doing what I enjoy doing eight months of the year, then I can do that till I'm 80, 90. Yeah. Maybe yeah. slow it down a little bit, but I still want to continue to work. I don't want yeah. to stop. If I, yeah. you know, because it doesn't feel like work. Yeah. Sometimes there's things that I do that, you know, I don't like this. And so then now I get to figure out, okay, can I, can I get somebody else to do this for me? But, you know, um, find enjoyment in life. 100%. Yeah, no. <laughs> Moral of the story for today. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no. So, so Gary, we're uh, almost kind of coming to a close uh, on our show. Um, has there been a quote or saying that has really resonated with you? And, and you, I know m- maybe a few, but, you know. Uh-huh. You know, there's one, there's one that always comes to mind um, is, is from Jim Rohn. Uh, and I, I love Jim Rohn. He was the person that really allowed me to to grow and to be the person that I am today. There's obviously a lot of other people around me, but it was really Jim Rohn that that really got me into the mindset and listening to it in the car and like this is incredible. And so there's a quote that he said, and he said, "Make the goal to become a millionaire, not for the money, but for the person you will become to achieve it." And now it sounds simple, but if you really break it down, because it starts off with make the goal to become a millionaire, but it's yeah. the money is not important. It's the person you become to achieve it. That's what's important. It's yeah. the person that I am today compared to the person that I was in 2008. They're completely different people. And That's the mindset, the ability to problem solve, because now you, know, you, you get paid on the value you bring to the marketplace. And so I'm bringing more value to the marketplace now, which goes in line with another quote that he has is help as many people get what they want and you can have every, anything you want. I don't yeah. remember if that was that Jim Rohn or Zig Ziglar. Can't remember. Zig Ziglar. Yeah. Zig Ziglar. Yeah. <laughs> um, but to me, they, they you know, they kind of go, you know, both, both hand in hand. Right. For sure. Yeah. No, Absolutely. Very, very no, nice. that's, uh, it's true. I, I am a big proponent of that. And who you become in the pursuit of your goals is more important than the achieving the goal itself. And that's why, as I said before, that that goal always seems to change. It does need to change because you need to continue to grow, right? So it's not yeah. even about the next million or the next milestone. It's about continuing to push yourself to that next level. And, you know, like Jose always tells me to, like, if you're not growing, you're dying, right? You're either growing or you're dying. There's only, there's just, there's no stagnant, right? Plants either grow or plants die. Plants never, no, no being stays the same, right? So there's yeah. only two modes. Exactly. I, I, I want to actually ask you one last question. And it's mm-hmm. in regards to you being a, a father, um, a parent. What do you, you know, I, we have three kids um and we see you with your kids which is yeah. amazing yeah you. so you know what are some of the things that you instill in them that 
you've you've seen over time have have really paid off um you know there there was a time when we we started smart home choice and i and i knew that it was going to take time away from them and so i i picked up a a, a bristol board at the dollar store i brought it home i think at the time they were you know 5 and 8 somewhere around there and we wrote smart home choice in the middle and i said um me and mom we're going to start this company and we want you to help us so what do you want from this company? And so then I just drew like a line, another circle, like, okay, a million dollars a month. Cool. I didn't care how crazy the idea was. What else? We want a mascot. Awesome. Let's get a mascot. What else do you want? Um, how about education? Want to educate people? Yeah, let's educate people. Okay. What else do you want? Let's take two months off every year. Two months. How about four months? Okay, cool. <laughs> and so what that did was it showed them the importance of dreaming mm. didn't matter how wild or crazy it was. It was just, just dream. And if you can dream, it can be achievable. And so then now I still have that Bristol board today. And so that now, and I remember too, even like on my whiteboard, I got whiteboards around me and, you know, I'd write down my, my goals and my daughter, when she was younger and my son, they, they would come in and sometimes write down goals on the board. Like my daughter wrote down, stop biting my nails. She just stopped biting her nails. And so then she believed in the power of this whiteboard. Yeah. And so when you can instill that in them at an early age, it, it becomes second nature to them. And, and I think that's maybe one of the things that my wife and I taught our kids. Yeah, that's really good advice. Glad, you, uh, glad I asked that question. Yeah, it was a great question and such a great answer. I'm like, I'm thinking, mm -hmm. oh, we got to start that whiteboard too. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's so true that, you know, we talk about Jose and I, we've had a, you know, we talked to Mark Smith a while ago and we talked about this whole thing about generational intellect, right? Generational mm -hmm. wealth, generational intellect and how generational intellect is so important. It's the, the values that you pass on to your children, the habits, the values that really echo for generations, right? It's the money dissipates, right? I'm going to give them money and they're going to blow it. Right. And, and by the third generation, there's not going to be any money left. That's my feeling anyway. Yeah. Um, but and those had values and mindset Sorry? things are going to, are going to. Yeah, for sure. Look, they've had studies on that as well too, where, you know, people win the lottery and like, Oh, okay. They get all this money. And then two to five years later, um, they either lose it all or, or they're, they're not happy because they're trying to protect it from people that want it. And, and so really what it is, it, it always comes down to purpose and growth. What is your purpose and are you growing? Yeah, right. Just like what you, what you mentioned before with that plant analogy. Right. And yeah, also too, sure. treat your body like a temple. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. That's great advice. So Gary, if people want to get in touch, um, I'm going to link it in our show notes as well. Um, smarthomechoice.ca is the website. Correct. Um, people can follow your podcast on it's on iTunes and Spotify. Yeah. Uh, Real talk with Gary. Correct. And uh, you're also on Instagram, uh, Gary Hibbard. And I believe Facebook too. Yeah. So uh, we'll link everything. I highly encourage people to check out the podcast. Uh, really good show. Lots of great guests and great conversations. I've been listening to Gary for a long time. So um, thank you. Thanks again for being on our show. For, yeah, thanks, Gary. Yeah, for being authentic and sharing. It's it's really great. Oh, thank you so much for having me here. And, and I'm glad that you're part of the, the podcast community. And thanks for having me. And I, and I have to have you guys on my show as well, too. Um, we're going to do it in the studio, though. Okay. All right. So, uh, yeah, I want you That's in the studio. That's the best. Yes. <laughs> yes. So we'll, we'll definitely line it up. Okay. All right. Thanks again.
All right. Thank you. Hold on.